You are listening to the People-Centric Podcast, where we talk through the toughest challenges that people face at work and give practical advice to fixing those challenges. Thanks for joining our movement to create workplaces that are happier, healthier, aligned, and empowered by putting people at the center of all that we do. Hello again, people-centric leaders, back with another episode here of our uh, podcast. And we're excited to be joined by, uh, of course, I'm excited to be joined by my coworkers all the time, but I'm excited uh, more so to be joined by you, the listener. You're the one that drives this, right? You're the, you're the one that loves us uh, unconditionally. Uh, at least that's what I hear from, from, a, from a lot of folks. I, I didn't tell you guys, by the way, I had lunch with somebody here in my hometown. Um, uh, she works at a bank and she said, I, you know, I told her we had a podcast and she said, I know I listen to it all the time. We have so many listeners listeners that uh, I don't know um, that listen to the podcast. So guys, I'm, what I'm saying is be on your best behavior. Uh, you never know who's listening. Uh, it might be somebody right down the street. Diana, I'm looking at you. I legit thought you were going to be like, I'm so excited to be joined by especially Diana and Bethany. Like I thought you were just going to like shout us out. No, no, no. I see you guys all the time. I see you guys all the time, but I will, I will say this, um, as, as I guess you can tell Diana and Bethany are both here, Diana, um, I'm going to introduce you like this just so we can hear your voice. I know we just heard your voice, but I'm also going to put you on the spot, uh, within arm's reach. What's the most random thing that you have around you right now that you can share? We, we are on YouTube. This is uh, on video too, if you'd like to see this, but what's the most random things. And I know you have kind of shorter arms, so I'm sorry if you have to get up, that's okay. Um, random thing. She's reaching for something. Oh, <laughs> what is that, Diana? This is a Schitt's Creek ornament of David Rose, and he speaks. Let me see if I can push his button. He says things. I'm trying uh, very hard not to connect with people right now. That's what he said. I'm trying oh. very hard not to connect with people. That looks like the most amazing uh, Secret Santa gift you've ever probably received. Who gave that to you? Matt Griswold. This was yeah. a gift from Matt Griswold. Oh, I totally I missed that. That's mm -hmm. amazing. He gave it before the party, but I didn't put it away with the Christmas stuff. He's staying on my desk all year round. Yeah. And, you know, just some uh, behind the curtain information for the listeners right now. Most of the time, Diana and I communicate through uh, Schitt's Creek's gifts. Uh, they're those one liners from the show. It's pretty funny. And uh, that's how we communicate most of the time. And our relationship is a little bit like David and Alexa's uh, relationship on, on the show, too. Would you agree with that? Also, I'm very much wearing a David Rose sweater. <laughs> I, I feel like... Yeah, Rosie, there's you know? a certain episode where David tries to sell his clothes to a local flea market uh, because he is very proud of them. That looks like one of those. This is at least five hundred dollars. And they're like, are you kidding? I couldn't give that away. Not that I I mean, I think it's lovely, but it's maybe maybe one of those. You know what I'm talking about? You hate it. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> uh, welcome, Diana. Bethany. Bethany, great. I think you're going to uh, so help me if you pull out a baby. What's the most random thing around you right now? Oh, wow, it's so weird that you would say that. There's this baby right here just sitting here. It's so crazy. If, if you listen to our last podcast, you got to meet uh, baby Taff uh, on the last podcast there, too. She had lots of things to say during that podcast, and she might interject today just a little bit. Yeah, you might see some feet if you're watching on YouTube, <laughs> some little feet here every once in a while. 
It's so uh, cute. You should yeah. watch on YouTube. Mm -hmm. It's so cute. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're very cute little feet. So there's that. I don't know. The, uh, the other most random thing, if you, if you want to know is yeah. this little uh, cardboard camera that my children have made. And if you flip it over to the back, they have some pictures. That, so, uh, that's so, very so creative. Cute, I know they're so creative. So, so creative, so clever. Yeah, that was good. That was good. It's interesting. And, and I hope you as listening, uh, you know, if you are in your office or wherever, look around. Sometimes we accumulate stuff around us and we just, we, it become, we become numb to it because it's always there, but it's like, why is that on, uh, here's mine. And my team has seen this. You, you know, you might think I'm going to pull out the mirrored ball trophy from dancing with the stars, but it's not going to be that we've seen that a lot. Now my team has also seen, <laughs> my team has also seen this. This is a this is a He-Man bottle of uh bubble bath from my childhood. His head, his head pops off like that, and you unscrew it here, and he yeah. is still you still smell the bubble bath. The my bubble, mom kept everything. And I don't know why it's at my it's on my desk. Um, but it's <laughs> that's a He-Man straight from early 80s, probably. Um uh, bubble bath. And it's empty. Uh, it's not in there anymore, but it just sits here on my desk. Um, the, also, the first time you showed us that, like you had just gotten it or something. And I was like, that unlocked a weird core memory. Like, I, I was like, whoa, so many things come yeah. out. Oh, like all the character bubble baths. Right. Like right. They don't do that anymore, right? And initially you would think I'm 46 years old. I don't need the He-Man bubble bath thing on my, on my, <laughs> throw that away immediately. No, it's going to stay there. Whenever I feel, I want to feel like a champion, but I'm a little down, then I'll grab He-Man um, because, well, if you know, you know, right? Um, anyway, that's just a, a peek into our lives. I'm sad that uh, uh, Don and Stephanie and Philip missed it because I know they have some randomness going on um, as well. Uh, but let's get into the topic here. And I'm going to share a story with you of what inspired this topic. Last week, I was on a phone call with a CEO from an ortho, uh, orthopedic uh, clinic and, and the CEO of the orthopedic clinic uh, was talking about, uh, man, these are the things I think that people centric can help us with, you know, of course, leadership development. Uh, and this is like the theme of 2024, by the way, it seems I, I've had five different conversations with five different organizations about leadership development. What can you do to help me develop my leaders? Um, they're worried about succession planning, just like this uh, CEO was. But one of the things he said was really interesting to me. And boy, it's something that maybe we don't verbalize, but we feel, especially if you are a manager of a group of people, or if you're an owner of a business, you want your people to stay so much so that you're upset when they leave. And I don't know if that's always the right, that's always the right uh, reaction. I know we don't want to be upset when they leave. In fact, this CEO said, man, internally, I'm dying on the inside because they're leaving and they were good, but externally, I've got to be happy for them because they're promoting and going on to new, better things. And actually, um, you know, the CEO said it's going to be a better fit for, for them and it's going to be a better situation for their family. And he recognized that. And he said, externally, I'm happy for them. Internally, I'm dying. Uh, I'm dying because I don't want to lose the good ones. And it brings up this odd kind of a catch 22 or a paradox, however you want to say it. It brings up this odd situation of where is that? Where is that line? If I'm a business owner, if I'm a manager, if I'm a, if I'm in charge of a group of people, however you want to say that, 
um, how do I find that balance of being happy for my people um, whenever they want to go promote? And sometimes we work the opposite way. Sometimes I don't want to develop new skill sets or or develop this new thing in them because you know what they're going to do? They're going to leave and I can't have them leave. And so we kind of pigeonhole them, maybe involuntary, involuntarily or accidentally, we fall into that into that uh, gap. And then from the other side, and these are the two topics that we're going to talk about, from the other side, the employee, you might be listening to this right now as an employee going, I feel like I work for these people where they don't give me opportunities to be able to learn different stuff. And I feel like I'm just doing the same thing. I'm going to be stuck in here forever. Or... They're going, um, I don't have, even if I did work harder, there's nowhere else for me to go around this place, right? Even if I did work harder, even if I did learn a new skill, I'm just stuck doing this the whole time. Uh, and maybe you feel, maybe you feel like that too. So how does that person find winning in that situation and, and, and things? So Diana. Is this another intervention, you guys? Because if you leave, <laughs> A, you're dead to me. I'll never speak to you again. And wow. also- There's six of us. There's nowhere to go, but up. You, you can't go up or down. This is it. <laughs> You I'm said so nowhere to go but up, so but I'm glad you, you re- I'm glad you corrected that. Yeah. There is no up or down. There's nowhere to go. I should just say there's nowhere to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't uh don't say you're dead to us just yet. Uh the episode's not over. We're gonna learn some things on this where maybe we won't be dead to you if we do choose to uh move upward and onward. Uh mm-hmm. upward and onward, right? <laughs> Uh, Bethany, you know, has another mouth to feed. She's got she's got to make some decisions here, right? So <laughs> <Yeah>. so <laughs> All right, let's start. Let's start from the uh, leadership's perspective, and maybe we've maybe we've seen this. And I don't care where you where you want to necessarily start. Just some thoughts that I had in my, in my mind of what we see typically is we we'll see some of these leaders where uh, they they do accidentally pigeonhole people. And what do we mean? I guess let's define some of these things because we see we hear terms like golden handcuffs and pigeonhole uh, those types of things. What do we mean by that? Like if we said somebody was pigeonholing that person, what does that mean? Uh, I think you see it when it's like, this person is very, very good at what they do. And so I'm just going to keep them in this role, right? Even though I think they want something else, even though I think they could do something else, I'm going to keep them here because they are very good at that. And I can't replace that thing. I can't replace what they do in this spot. And so I'm just going to like, keep paying them really well to do this one very specific job and not let them grow or move or change or, you know, whatever. I'm just going to let them continue doing what they're doing and hope that they're happy about that. And what we, what we've noticed too, is sometimes you think because they're good at it, they like it and maybe they liked it initially, but now that's the only thing they do because that's the only thing you're letting them do. And now it, even though maybe I, maybe I am good at it, but I don't like it. I don't like it. And I'm getting tired of that thing, but we haven't given them more opportunities to be able to see maybe what else they could do, or we haven't taken time to train anybody else to do that one thing. So they can do something, uh, something else. And we'll talk about that too. And you said pay them really, really well. And uh, this kind of gives the idea of the golden handcuffs idea, right? What's the golden handcuffs? Well, yeah, that one's, that one's interesting too. Bethany, if you want to, you want to talk to it. Well, I mean, the way that I interpret it is kind of like what you said, where it's like, okay, we have given somebody so many benefits or we're paying them probably more than they actually should be paid for that job. Um, so that they feel like even if they don't love the job or whatever, they're not going to move on because, well, the benefits and the pay is just so good. I can't, I couldn't make that anywhere else or I couldn't get that anywhere else. So I have to stay here for as long as possible. 
Yeah. And then I think you, it also allows leaders to be like, well, I pay you really well. So you a are going to stay, but also I can demand a lot of you. So it's sort of this like feeling very stuck thing where it's like, I do get paid really well to do the job that I'm doing, but I also have to work 80 hours a week. And they also demand me to be here on weekends. And I also can't grow or change or learn. And I can't get some of the basic things I need for work, but they do pay me really well, you know? You know, and and you think about that. If you keep following that path, you think about that, that person that is stuck by the pigeonhole, you know, the golden handcuffs, maybe they are good at that thing. Maybe they get paid well, so they continue to show up. So eventually what you have, you have a warm body that's showing up all the time to do the job, but they become disengaged, disengaged, frustrated, ultimately toxic um, because they, they, they start to feel that too. They start to, they recognize that, yeah, I am being, I am being, uh, uh, paid well, but it's not rewarding or it's not gratifying, or it's not, I don't have an opportunity to do other things anymore. And pretty soon you have a toxic individual that you're paying a lot of money to. Um, and that's frustrating from a business owner, um, as well. So let's, let's talk about this though. How do I balance that? So let's, let's say that I am that, that leader, um, that effective leader in leadership development, what am I, what am I hoping to be able to gain from developing that person? And I, this is, this is another reason why I'm saying this. Sometimes organizations or those leaders themselves have to have to understand what it is, what, what is your brand? as an organization and what brand are you are, are you personally portraying i'm thinking of another small business i won't say who it is but another small business that we that we uh have worked with but they were frustrated about developing people developing people <clears throat> and then ultimately those people jump ship and go to the bigger company and why am i wasting time developing these people anyway why am i wasting that time and we talked about what if your brand what if you were known for being so great at developing talent and then they they leave. Uh, I mean, they're going to the other place. There's, there's probably nothing you can do about that. But what if you were so great at developing talent, you just had a pipeline of people that just couldn't wait for that development uh, opportunity? Like, what if we reestablish that as that brand? So maybe there's there's a conversation internally that you need of what is it that we are trying to do? What is it that that motivates us to want to uh, to want to develop? Because we've seen the negative side <clears throat> maybe of, of that. But what's the positive side of, I guess, continuing that development culture from inside? A lot of people enjoy development, right? It's not just about the skills that you're going to gain as a company or as an organization, because you will gain some. But I think a lot of people go into work craving information, knowledge, growth, right? I don't want to come to work and just do the same job over and over every day, all day, every day, every week, day in, day out. I appreciate opportunities to grow. And I think our generation and the generation behind us are very um, growth motivated, very knowledge oriented. We want that continuing education. And so I think providing opportunities for that helps kind of everyone. Right. But yeah, I don't think there's people that generally go into work and say like, I don't really care if I learn anything new. It's fine. I don't need anything. I would say to add to that for employers, the benefit is that you'll probably be really great recruiters, you know? So even if you lose, if you're known for developing people and developing talent, and then people even move on from your organization to be really successful at other organizations or in other positions or things like that, the word's going to spread about that too. And so people are going to want to come to your, to your organization. So you might be losing really good talent, 
but you're going to also be, make it a little bit easier for yourself to, to recruit new people, um, who are really excited and eager to learn and grow and be just as great. So hopefully you kind of have a continuous flow of talent coming through. Yeah. And that's, that you kind of jumped us right into that. Maybe that next question I was going to ask too, like, if we know that it hurts when people leave and we know that we're going to be frustrated because now I have to interview. Now I have to backfill. Now I have to train. Maybe there's some steps you could take ahead of time in anticipation of what this looks like. How do, how do we, maybe what are some tips to be able to help leadership prepare for that prepare for, I don't want to say that person leaving, but prepare for people leaving. Uh, there's probably some things they could do. I'll start, I'll start with my, my thought here is a lot of, a lot of times when we have this conversation and the same thing that that CEO said last week, like I need to identify some succession planning here. I'm, I'm not sure who the next leaders are, which you can imagine if that's you and so-and-so leaves and I don't know who the next leaders are, that probably is a moment of despair uh, there because I have no clear sight of who the next leader would be. And I'll, I'll piggyback on that and say, not only do I not know who that person is, I'm not even 100% sure exactly what all that person did or what that next person might need to know. You know, that person's maybe been in the job for five years. Uh, what, what does that position look like now? Like, how do I... How, what are some tips to be able to prepare leadership? You know, people are going to leave. What are some things that we could maybe give them advice for on so they're a little bit more comfortable if people do have to leave? Well, I love I love your succession planning. And I think that every organization should identify people that they want to move into those roles and let those people know that you want them to move into those roles so that those people themselves can start to prepare for that. Um, I think oftentimes leaders are like, oh yeah, it's a no brainer. It's going to be Sarah. She's definitely going to take over that role. And then you max leaves. And then Sarah is like, oh, I don't, I didn't know I was going to take over that role. I don't feel ready for that. I didn't ask Max anything. Max didn't write anything down. I don't know that I want to do that. And I think that if you had just talked to Sarah before Max left, then it makes it so much easier. And you can be like, okay, Sarah, here's what we're going to do to train you. Here's what we're going to do to develop you. Max, you need to meet with Sarah regularly. You need to write down your processes and your procedures and allow her to ask questions. Like we're not pushing anybody one direction or another. We're just making sure everybody has the training that they need for that. I love it that you said that uh, to let them know too. let Sarah in on it. Like we think a lot of you, in fact, I might want to start giving Sarah and your example, some more opportunities. Like, I think a lot of you, I want you to be prepared for this. Are you okay if we delegate some additional, a couple of, of additional things for you uh, right now? Every time I say that, I think of like social media, social media is this horrible, toxic place for that mentality. Have you know, I, I saw a video the other day of like uh, a lady, she was like looking at a clipboard and this, the pages were going and the caption above it was like um, looking to see uh, where in my my uh, contract or my job agreement, it says that I'll do all of these additional responsibilities for no more pay. And it's such a horrible mentality. You know, what? You're, you're you're toxic. You're toxic and you're that's a breeding a horrible message. Um, and we can talk more about that later. But the mentality of Sarah to be able to go, you know what? I do want to be in a good position. I, I love it that you love me. I love it that you think a lot of me. Yeah, I think if I want to be prepared, if I personally want to do a good job in that thing that you're trusting me to do, yeah, I do. I probably do need some additional skill sets. Can you train me in this? Or can I have an opportunity to maybe do do this? Not because I'm after more money, but because I want to, you're trusting me with this. And I think good employees are like, yeah, please help prepare me for this thing that you're trusting me with because I want to kill it for you too. Yeah. And I think it's important to remember that like succession planning only works if your people are happy and want to stay. Right. Like 
it's not going to work if everybody is that toxic person and unhappy and doesn't want more responsibilities. So like you do have to build a organization and managers that care and that want people to stay and want, you know, so it's not all about the like exit. It's about the, the culture that you're creating to keep people there too. Yeah. Yeah. The, the other thing that you said that I, I kind of pulled out uh, from that too, is, um, uh, there was nothing written down uh, on on the job, which you can imagine that's a moment of despair for the leader too. Going, oh, that person left, and then their their first their first item of business the next day is like, let's find out what they did. What did they do? What was it that they were doing? And who needs to fill that? Um, and that's a horrible feeling, probably. Uh, we're now now you're completely behind the eight ball, so to speak. Um, and so maybe take a look around. Do we have, do we have, I'm not saying job descriptions, but do you have good understanding of what role clarity looks like with the team? Like, what are the things that you're asking them to do? What are the things that they think you're asking them to do? Um, how do they your prioritize their time? Your job description. Yeah. Those types of things. And so Bethany, not, I know, say it again. I was just laughing because you said, I'm not necessarily saying job descriptions and I'm saying yes, job descriptions, do it. Just don't mess around. It doesn't have to be complicated. Just write some stuff on paper and put a title on there. And that's all you need to do. So yeah, but also but also like the standard operating procedures too, like how they go about doing that job description, right? Because sometimes, sometimes that was all the leverage the employee had, because they were the only one that knew how to do that. And and you can imagine, uh, now they leave and it's like, uh, job description, let's pull that out. But how do they accomplish step? What I, I know that we have to do that. How did they do that thing? I don't know the steps to accomplish the, the description um, there. How did they go about doing that thing? And that you can, you know, if we can capture some of that stuff early, Again, that's one of those breathe easier times, I think, for the leader too. Diana, were you going to add to that? I was going to add that I also think job descriptions are living documents, so they should change often as the job changes, right? If I'm in a job for, I don't know, 10 years, my job is not the same as it was on day one as it is today. Um, if you're on a job for three years, it's not the same as it was on day one as it is today. So update your job descriptions as you go. Maybe do it every time you do a performance evaluation. Say like, what things have you taken on and what have you been doing so that your job description is up to date and current. But that's a bit of a tangent that Bethany and I could talk about for a long time. I'm telling you from the, from the stage of those conferences, I asked that question quite a bit. Like, hey, when's the last time you saw your job description? Anybody have your job description? And very few hands go up. Right. We're just operated in, uh, you know, and, and part of you is like, I don't need a job description. I've been doing this job forever. I know exactly what this takes. Right. I mean, I've been, nobody knows this job better than I do. And that might be the problem. Uh, may, maybe other people do need to know what that, what that job looks like or what, how you're filling your time. What is it that you're doing? Um, and, and I'll tell you what else, and this is maybe a tangent of mine that I've seen so much. If we don't have a good understanding of that, that just turns to frustration. Like, well, I don't even, the leader's going, I don't know what those people do all day. I don't know what they're doing. With, I don't know. I don't know why they're doing what they're doing. You know what I mean? And then the employees going, I'm not appreciated for anything that I do around here. They have no clue half the stuff that I do around this place. And then you lead, you see that frustration, but I digress. If we're talking about helping people leave gracefully as a leader, if I have some of those, uh, those standard operating procedures in place, if I have the job descriptions in place, if I have a good understanding of, of succession planning, I'm, I'm going to take that conversation much 
more gracefully that you need to leave. And I'm going to support you on that path because I feel good internally that I have a good path forward for how we're going, we are going to move. And I can help celebrate your success at the same time, because I feel comfortable with where we are. Let's talk about the employee's perspective. What if I am that employee that feels like I don't have any of these opportunities. There's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to grow. Um, what's some, what, what are some steps that they can take maybe to help them? Um, and, and, and I say two different ways, help them internally be the best version of themselves at work, but then also maybe help them get ultimately what it is that they want. And maybe that is to leave gracefully um, as well. Where, where do you want to start? I'm going to start with sort of a controversial one, maybe, but like state your intent, like tell your leader what you want. If I, back in the day, I had a, a employee come to me and say, uh, I want your job. And my first reaction was like, well, I work here. You can't have it. But then my, <laughs> my second reaction was like, oh, cool. Well, let's get you to that. Right. I understand what you're saying. You want promotion. You want growth. You want to know what I do. You want to understand it better. So let's teach you that. Why can't I teach you everything that I do? I should be able to teach you everything that I do. And you should be gunning for my job if you want it. Like I'm going to get you there. So I think if that's, that's, that's the opposite, by the way, of what Don's experience was whenever he told the CEO that he wanted to be CEO and they like scribbled it out and sent it back and said, Don, be serious, be serious. Yeah. What, what do like, you, you can't be CEO. You handled it. You handled it better, Diana. Well, thank you. Thank you. And, but you know, it was, we're a small team and I, I very much valued this human being. And so it, they weren't just like a number or whatever. I think Don was like a weird, just number in a giant machine, but um, regardless, I do think that person stating their intent to me and saying, I really do want to grow. I really want to learn. I want to be able to do the things that you're doing was such a mindset shift for me as their leader. I could then, you know, say, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to go do this thing. Do you want to learn it? I'm doing this thing. Do you want to try it? Um, and it just gave them so many more opportunities for growth that I would not have given them if I did not know that they wanted it. And dang, if you're a manager, don't you want people like that? I do. I, mean, I, do. That, I do. That's your but, team. Don't you want people coming to you like that? Yeah. I will still say that she was one of the most challenging people to manage because she wanted growth so bad, but it was still really good for me to be like, yeah, let's do it. Let's, let's get you what you want to know. Yeah. Yeah. And then you fired her. So anyway, uh, I'm just kidding. not fired. Oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> She Sorry, tried to take can... my job, so I murdered her. That was it. That was it for us. <laughs> you know, one of the things that you talked about, too, before we started recording as we were going through this, um, one of the things, Diana, that you talked about that an employee can do to prepare is to be able to maybe start writing some of those things down and helping to train somebody else like a peer. I know it's not your job. I know you're not the trainer. I know you're looking out for you. But maybe, maybe the end result of that is that you get ultimately what you want if you can help others feel more comfortable that the thing that you're doing now is going to be taken care of because you help train to help train other people, the processes that you, that, that you're following there too. And I think there's some, some credence to that. Uh, is that captured in like an SOP or how would somebody go about doing that? Like, let's say there's an employee listening right now and they're like, how do, do I just, you know, I sit next to Gladys. Do I just tell Gladys like, Hey Gladys, this is what I, how do, how do they go about doing that? And maybe what's the right approach for doing that? You know, there's probably a hundred ways you could do it. And I think it depends on what it is, but I, I had a lot of success when I was, you know, coming through the ranks or whatever you want to call it. I had a lot of success of just looking at my coworker and being like, Hey, 
I'm going to be unavailable to do this thing. Can I show you how to do it so that you can do it? I'm going to be on vacation. I'm going to be, you know, in a different meeting or whatever. And just sort of say like, you can totally know how to do this. There's no reason I should be the only way to only one to know. And ultimately we're supposed to be doing the same job and working for the same company and doing the same goals. So like, you should know how to do this too. Um, and I do think a lot of times I was the only one who knew how to do it. Cause I had like lasted the longest, right. I was the employee that had been there the longest time or whatever. I'd been doing the job for longer than everybody else. So I was the only one who knew how to do it. And once I started saying things like, can I show you how to do this? Can you do this for me while I am doing something else? It totally helped. And it, it made my job even in the current role way easier because I was like, oh, I, there's not so much pressure that if I go out of town or if I am too busy or if a project pops up that no one else knows how to do this, there is somebody else that can take it for me, which was great. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like, I like that. And you're almost like a, it's almost like a train the trainer uh, there too. And again, this goes back to your succession planning. They have to kind of want to learn that uh, too. And I would say you probably want to get the blessing of the manager that you're teaching the right person. <laughs> <laughs> the right person that like, no, don't tell them. There's no chance they're going to take that job when you leave. Uh, you know, you might, you might want to just make sure that you're teaching the right person. Uh, some of those other, uh, some of those other skill sets there uh, as well. But um, all right. So uh, we've, we've mentioned this a couple of times and I know we're running short on time, but we've mentioned this a couple of times of, of leaving gracefully and letting somebody leave gracefully. Um, and well, what does that mean? And what does that entail? So if I am an employee, we were just talking about employees. If I'm an employee, what does it mean to leave gracefully? Like how does, what does that look like? What do we mean by that? Well, there's lots of scenarios. I'm thinking of like, where do we start with this? I think if you have an employee who is doing really well in their position and there's just nowhere either there's nowhere else for them to go within the organization or honestly you just didn't have the conversation soon enough that you wanted them to be there longer and they went off and they found something else or somebody recruited them or whatever um like yeah you kind of just have to take that <laughs> and not be frustrated about it and I think if you're an employer who has a, if you can genuinely say this employee is really good and they gave it their all while they were here and they did everything that we asked them to, and maybe even more and dang it, I wish I would have had the conversation with them, but now they're going off to this other, this other organization, um, give them the best recommendation you possibly can and wish them well and ask them how you can support them in their next role um, and just be there. I think just be there for them and speak highly of them to their next employer. Um, and maybe even ask them, hey, do you have anybody that you would recommend to fill your position too? Because I think um, if you had really good success with that employee, they're probably gonna be able to give you um, a good recommendation for somebody else who might be really good at that job too. And so, um, I don't know. That's, that's the first thing that comes to mind with leaving, letting somebody leave gracefully. You know, and I love, I love that. I love that scenario. There's another scenario too, and I've seen this play out um, with us and others, but maybe it, it didn't work out. It wasn't the employee saying that I'm, I'm ready to move on. It was, it was the employer going, it's time to move on, um, you know, but you can still do that gracefully 
at the same time, right? And I, I've noticed this, and we give Don shout outs for being a great leader for us quite a bit. Um, but I've known I've known this where em, employees of the past weren't working here anymore. It just didn't work out. But Don will still meet with them, go take them to a cup of coffee, and coach them up, and help them find another opportunity that maybe suits them well. And and I've seen that a lot too. I think that goes right in line with letting them leave gracefully, you know. And and so I would say, regardless of the circumstance, I get it. There's sometimes there's crazy circumstances, but you can still allow your folks to leave gracefully, support them. And again, those are going to be one of your biggest billboards whenever they leave, whether they left well or not. Um, how do you want them talking about you or your organization moving forward for recruiting purposes as well? So Diana. Yeah. Something Don and I talk about a lot for both sides, the employee and the employer, when someone is separating employment is the thankful aspect, right? As the employee, I hope that you are thankful that the company has paid you and provided you benefits and, you know, given you training or skills or whatever. I hope that you're thankful for that. You could also be thankful that you learned tough lessons, like what not to do, right? You could be thankful for those things. Um, and then as the employer, we are always very thankful for the work that that employee provided, whether it was a hundred percent top notch or not. I'm thankful that they took the time to be part of our team, that they, you know, did work for us, whether I thought it was great or not. Like, I'm still thankful that they did that because I think that's important as humans, we treat people like humans, right? Like so I think it goes both ways. And I, I think thankfulness is something that we don't talk a lot about in the exit part, but I ho- I really encourage people to be thankful on both sides of that process. Well, that's good. That's that's great. And that came from Diana. We want to give her credit because we beat her up a lot of times for being this, <laughs> this mean one. But I she's am the mean really... one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's done. <laughs> that's all done, guys. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish with this. Um, uh, if I am that leader, I can hear maybe some of those managers or business owners going, yeah, but how do I know where my people are? How do I know uh, that they're thinking about leaving? How do I know what they don't know? How do I, uh, you know, something that we like to say quite a bit, and I hear Don say this, Diana, you say this uh, as well. You happen to have an expert on exactly what they're thinking in-house, and that is that person. Um, and sometimes we don't know because we don't ask. Um, if there is not an opportunity, if there's not an opportunity that you all have now to be able to sit down regularly with your folks on a one-on-one basis, and, and if maybe you have no agenda, but it's just like, hey, how how's it going? How are you feeling? Do you need anything? Um, do, is there a training that maybe you feel like you need? Or, or uh, are there any perceived injustices that I don't know about from for the last quarter, I don't want to get blindsided by that. Like, is there something, how you feeling? How's the job? How's life? All of that stuff. Um, just creating that time, man, not only will you be able to learn some stuff that you probably weren't, didn't even, you weren't expecting. Um, but if you do that over a, a period of time, you're going to build trust. You're going to build partnership. You're going to build a relationship and you're probably going to build an employee that, you know what, when it does come time that they do feel like that, they're not just going to go, they're going to sit down and have a conversation because you started that. Um, as just something that we do, um, just this open line of communication with trust and partnership too. So I would encourage you with that. Um, anything else to add to this topic from uh, either of you, Bethany, Diana, anything else that you would add to this or feel like we haven't talked about or something you feel like a pearl of wisdom we need to throw out there? I mean, I I, I think my thing is that if you really aren't getting what you need from your company or your manager or your employer, ask for it first before you're like, I'm absolutely done. And I'm throwing my hands in the air because leaving is hard and transitioning is hard and it disrupts, you know, 
your goals and your life and all of those things. So if you really do want something, start with the conversation and ask for it. No, I think that's really good. And we were even just talking about like, what are some other things that employees could do to get some of that development? And so I think it's, you know, what you said, Diana, the first conversation needs to happen internally with your boss um, to say what opportunities are there. And then I think other than that, whether it's internal, the answer is yes, absolutely. We could totally see you here. We'd like to see you improve in this area or whatever it is. Or if the answer is no, okay, fine. I think then another just resource to think about too is like who in your life could be a really good mentor for you that is in a position that can speak um, some wisdom into you about the type of position you want to be in, who can tell you the truth, who can challenge you, um, all of those things and find that person too and maybe spend some time with them and and ask them some questions um, to help you get where you need to go um, in terms of development. Awesome. I think we've, I think we've covered uh, it well. I think that's an interesting topic and something that seems to have popped up recently. And so I'm glad that we took some time to talk about that. If you have other topics, of course, or want to share our podcast, like we're open to all of that, feel free to interact with us on social media as well. You can catch us on the podcast link. You can catch us on YouTube. I mean, we're, we are everywhere so much so you might become sick of sick of our faces here pretty soon like we are all we're all over the place and we love it um as, as well so anyway i hope that you enjoy the topic hopefully you took something from it as well and i'm going to say something uh, that i that i told my uh, son who's going he's in the military and i said man listen i'm proud of you i'm proud of you guys you're probably doing a better job than what you're giving yourselves credit for right now and uh new year new you right uh, get out there and go be awesome you got this Thank you for listening to the People-Centered Podcast. We are so grateful for you joining us every week. If you like this content, please like and subscribe. Also, feel free to share on your social media with everyone that you know. It really does help us. If you would like to contact us, I have put our information in the show notes. Please reach out anytime. We love hearing from you. We will be back next week with a new topic. Until then... Be well and lead well.